0: Working with flyer when you just zone out, you put your music on and you just chat.
1: Excuse
0: me, is this your taxi?
2: (laughs) (laughs) You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, a Girls allowed Conjuring podcast from The Record Doctor. Whenever you're ready. Well, hello again, my friends and fellow alloweders. Welcome back to You Can't Mistake Their Anthology. The Girls Aloud Commentary Podcast from The Record Doctor. Adam is my name and I am, of course, your friendly host of this year' podcast as we get ready to step into part two of two in our very special 20th faniversary episodes of the pod where I sit down with a selection of Girls Aloud superfans to talk about, well a whole lot of history. (laughs) Episode 11 dropped two days ago and saw me speaking with some of the girls' international fans jet-setting across Australia, France, Canada, and the US, but in part 2 I'll be talking to the people who had the girls very close to home on a regular basis, fans based within the UK and Ireland. Today, I chat with a wonderful returning guest Hannah Kelson, who you'll all remember from episode 10's mixtape episode, the truly lovely Nathan, who has one hell of a story involving the 10 tour and the birth of his baby daughter, superfan Joe Lawrence, the fantastic Josh, the fabulous Danny Lucas, the quite shy but passionate Pastel Pixels, and Dublin's delightful Marky Doyle. Now, I've got to also add that although I haven't included this section in the episode, I'd just like to publicly shout out Marky and thank him for his incredible generosity as he actually purchased an extra copy of the girl's Sound of the Underground 7-inch vinyl single for me as a thank you for inviting him onto the pod. Now, a copy ended up coming my way for Christmas before Marky got to send it out to me, thank goodness, but that also means that there's a spare copy potentially back on the market, folks. But I look, I just wanted to say thank you to him for thinking of me and being so wonderfully kind because I was really just truly taken aback by it and very chuffed. So thank you again, Marky. But I also wanted to mention it because if you listening still haven't gotten yourself a copy of The 7-Inch, maybe you should hit Marky up and make him an offer that he cannot refuse. (laughs) Anyway, before we do get into episode 12, I did mention this in the last episode, but if you are one of the people I didn't get to reschedule time with, to record for these episodes, please know that I will be in touch to invite you onto the 10 tour anniversary episode dropping in March. So please keep an eye out and accept my deepest apologies for not being able to squeeze you in for these episodes. Oh, actually that also reminds me, I forgot to mention this in the last episode. I would also like to mention that I'm extending my competition from episode 10 out by an extra month And the winner will be announced on the Tangled Up and or Out of Control episodes, which will both be dropping on February the 6th. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, then I suggest you go back to episode 10 because that's where you'll find the questions I want you to answer in order to enter said competition. (laughs) And look, just finally, I'm saying look a lot at the moment, but just finally, if you'd like to get in touch with me on the socials, I'm at Aloud Podcast, or one word, on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me, my Mixcloud radio show, The Record Doctor, and my 567 other podcasts by visiting www.therecorddoctor.com. I'd also like to send a big shout-out to all of the Danny and Kylie Minogue fans who listen to the This Is Disco podcast that I co-host with the gorgeous Eliza Day, who also listen to this podcast. Hello, thank you for listening. Anyway, again, www.therecorddoctor.com. But speaking of my Mixcloud radio show, a couple of weeks back on it, I hosted a a two-and-a-half-hour extravaganza, The Girls Aloud 20 Anniversary Tour Dream Setlist, complete with crowd sound effects and my very own near 10 minute extended version of Every Now and Then. You can listen to that episode on the Record Doctor's Mixcloud anytime you like by visiting mixcloud.com forward slash the Record Doctor and hitting play on episode 281. That's episode 281. You can also download the Mixcloud app onto any smartphone and listen that way as well. Also, keep an eye on the Allowed Podcast socials because I don't know if you guys remember years ago for the 13th and then the 15th anniversary, there was a fan leak album that came out, fan leak albums rather, that had... Fling My Soul Overboard and some demos that had never been released before. Well, I was sort of hoping that something would have happened by now with a 20 (laughs) release of, uh, you know, leaks and rarities, but that didn't actually happen. So I'm going to attempt making one myself and releasing it, hopefully on the socials, in the second week of 2023. And it's basically just going to be some AI-created instrumentals and acapellas. So, if that's your thing, again, at Aloud Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. But, without further ado, here it is, the final instalment in this all-important 20th anniversary anniversary special, We you can't mistake their anthology, celebrating 20 years of the greatest pop group of all time, Girls Aloud. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome back onto You Can't Mistake Their Anthology the wonderful Hannah. Hello, darling, how are you going?
3: Hello, I'm good. It's nice to
2: be back. <laughs> it's very, very lovely to have you back. It was so much fun chatting to you on the last episode and I wanted to have you back on so that we could chat a bit more about your love for the girls for this it's 20th wow. anniversary episode. <laughs> Let's not be around. Bush, tell me first of all what your favourite single from Girls Aloud is.
3: Ah, uh, it, it it changes, but I think I've always got a lot of love for "Sexy No No, no. It's a bit of an underrated <laughs> single,
2: right? I yes. think
3: just the whole "Tangled Up" here is just my favorite. I think that's just one of those that just always gets me going. I just I just love it. It just puts me in a good mood. <laughs> um, and then obviously Sound of the Underground" is just iconic, and it's where everything started. Yes. Cool the shots, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and untouchable as well, but obviously the album version. I think they're right. probably
2: much more. Yes, yes. Oh, amazing, amazing tracks. So obviously, tangled up. Would you say is your favourite album?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah, mine <laughs> you, too. Uh, mine too.
3: There's just no skips on it. No, it's just fox from beginning
2: to end. I completely agree, and it's an album that's really really stood the test of time as well and it's pretty good when the only bad thing that you can say about the album is that the regular artwork for it was terrible yeah (laughs) (laughs) that fan (laughs) edition cover was so so good and i'm so happy that i got that version of the album because it's immediately what i think of i guess we were lucky it was good at least that we had that um do you remember the the purple car that was driving around the girls allowed tangled up car
3: no i think because I, I was still quite young at the time so i didn't see that like, right,
2: right well so you started i guess like a lot of the uk fans that i've spoken to a fan from the beginning yeah
3: yeah yeah, yeah. i watched all the Arrivals*, but yeah i was six then wow. so yeah just growing up with them
2: yeah it's it's Interesting. I spoke about this, I guess, in the last episode, what it's like when you grow up with an artist at that age, like the connection that I have with Madonna growing up yeah. with her, literally from a child into teenage years and everything. It's it's a special bond that I don't think people that, ha- that didn't have that as a child can ever understand. No, absolutely. I think that's
3: why it's so nice having people in the fan base that, get it because like you said if you're not if you haven't experienced that you don't you don't fully get it it's just nice to have people that are like yeah i understand what you mean it's just it's like just have it sounds really cheesy but it's like when you have a friend that you've known since you were little it's just kind of that constant in your life right right yeah it's just something that has always been a big part of your life so yeah i completely get that because it's the same for me as it was for you with madonna
2: yeah definitely so we talked about the tangled up air era very quickly do you reckon that's your favorite tour too
3: yeah hundred percent that entrance will never get beaten ever
2: oh yes wow i That entrance is one of the greatest entrances on a tour of all time. I still get goosebumps every time I watch that tour and that just the way they float in. It's just like, oh, it's magical.
3: (laughs) There was no words, but when I was sat there watching it live, it just completely took my breath away. And it's just one of those things that
2: will always stay with me. Oh, oh, definitely it would. I mean, I can't even imagine how magical that would have because I could see, I've only seen it on a TV screen and it was magical and breathtaking watching yeah. it on that I can't even imagine what it would have been like seeing it live in the flesh
4: Very
3: just listen to Sexy No 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 then when you hear that bit in the background even that is enough to just give me goosebumps <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: They looked so beautiful floating around in the air, too. It was just like, oh. The styling for the era was something else, I think.
3: Yeah, it was so good.
2: Next, next level. When Out of Control came along and... The brick finally happened as a fan in the uk how did that make how was that for you
3: oh that was incredible i remember phoning up and voting and just watching it and just hoping and praying that they would get it because it had been a long time coming and it was just nice that we as fans had a bit of control over it because it was a fan voted award
5: right so it meant that we
3: could fall together and yeah we managed to do it it's just they were were just so happy it was just so well deserved it was just amazing to see that and I mean it just brought all the iconic lines as well didn't it with yes. Especially
2: satisfying in our speech. Oh, Sarah! <laughs> it Sarah, was about was so time. Happy. so so happy, and it was so, yes. like you said, so so long overdue. And I guess that because it was a fan voted award, it did it. I, I generally find, especially back then, the fan voted awards were really the proper indication of what was happening in the music scene, what the listeners really wanted for the artists, the artists that they gave the awards to and everything like that because it wasn't shrouded in industry crap, which (laughs) a lot of those awards are. This was plain and simply from the fans, the people that listen, consume and buy the music.
3: Yeah, I think it means more to them for that reason because like you said... They just pick people out for the other awards and it's certain people that choose those winners. So for Mm -hmm. it to actually come from fans and the general public, that does definitely say a lot about how appreciated and how loved they were at that point and still are now.
2: Right, right, yes. And it's I've noticed also... The fan base is, it's unlike any other fan base that I've been a part of. And I think unfortunately with Sarah's passing, everyone has sort of like strengthened amongst each other because we sort of like, we have to be there for each other now because it's just, everything's very different. The fan base is affected in a big way and will never sort of be the same. But the amount of love that I see is, it's mind blowing because I don't think there is any fan base quite like the Girls Aloud fan base in the world.
3: No, no, it is really special to be a part of, and like you said, there is still so much love and support for each other, but because of everything that's happened as well. But there's just people always still talking about Girls Aloud, and mm-hmm. 20 years on, that is that is pretty impressive. Yeah, so I've done um, other kind of Naughty's music podcasts that I listen to and things and they just get brought up all the time and it just shows what a big impact they've really had and I don't know if you saw but the Sound of the Underground final made the um, number one in the final chart in the UK this week
2: (sighs) Oh, that's amazing news, yeah. oh wow, oh that's yeah. so good, I can't wait for mine to arrive, I'm so so excited.
3: It takes a bit longer oh. to get to you.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just a little bit, especially because of bloody Christmas and everything.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm glad enough here because the postal people have been um, striking loads over Christmas so it's taken long enough for us but
2: yeah it'll get to oh eventually no, what, what a time for there to be a strike as well oh god <laughs> yeah but, um, at least this hopefully means that there's going to be more vinyl down the line
3: that would be good that's what a lot of people want I think because we it's just something to carry on their legacy isn't it and obviously vinyls are really popular again now lots of people like collecting them it's just mm-hmm. something else that we can add to our collection it doesn't involve the girls having to do anything because
2: obviously that's really tricky for them still. Right, right. My dream, because I, I would love, obviously, all the albums to be pressed on, on vinyl and, yeah. of course, for Tangled Up to have the fan edition as the cover. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I also thought because they have done the first single that they might do a whole bunch of the seven inch singles first and release them but what i'd really like is if they did a seven inch or even a 12 inch singles version of the singles box oh that would be amazing imagine that box in that size (laughs) (laughs) like the big record crate (laughs) size it'd be amazing
3: (laughs) yeah yeah that'd be really good yeah it's just it's just nice to have these things though it's still good thing to be able to collect all these bits and yeah, it just, it's just something special, isn't it? just having a new collection, so
2: totally. we'll see what And look, hearing that it's gone number one definitely fills me with hope that there will definitely be more down the line because it's all going to a good cause as well as yeah. strengthening the legacy. And we've got them on digital, we've got them on CD, now we're pressing them on vinyl, and it's just history in the making I think so fingers crossed <laughs> this time yeah. next year we're talking about lots more vinyls that have arrived <laughs> that's
3: it. and we need everything else on streaming as well
2: please yes, yes something that's come up in conversation with other people that I've spoken to for this episode is that the bonus tracks on the Sound of Girls Aloud are available for streaming in Canada. In Canada? Why not here? Not in the UK, which no. I think would be the first place. Definitely not here in Australia. No. It's really, really I strange.
3: Think... Yeah. Yeah, I think we to have them because I know obviously we've all got copies of them, but I don't have a CD player now. I listen to most of my music through streaming, so it's just right. nice to have it all on there as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get in the car now, especially with the newer cars, and there's no CD slot or anything. So it just connect up, it connects to Spotify straight away. And unfortunately, if I want to listen to Singapore or Money, I have to go onto my iPod part of my phone (laughs) and play them off that. So yeah, Uh, hopefully we get more of the stuff that isn't there on streaming. Obviously this episode's coming out on Christmas Day. And one of my I guess when people because people obviously talk about Mariah being the queen of Christmas and you know she totally is but this album the chemistry Christmas disc album is my Mariah Christmas album every year it's the it's the one I think of when Christmas comes along and it's the one that I automatically start listening to as soon as December kicks in what Uh, some of your favourite moments from that incredible, incredible disc?
3: I I just love that they've got their own original songs on there. I think um, like Not Tonight Santa Mm. is probably my favourite of those. Um, But yeah, I've been listening to it loads this month as well. It's one of those I would get out (sighs) when we get into December. And it's just such a feel-good Christmassy album, isn't it? I just love it. It's just classic Girls Aloud. It's a bit of cheese. Just... Yeah, she's you in the Christmas mood.
2: Yep. Yeah. Tongue yeah, in cheek, knows. a little bit cheeky, and yeah.
3: Yeah, it just sums up them and their music. It just fits in perfectly with everything else that they've done. And I just wish that they'd release one of those instead of See the Day.
2: Oh, tell me about it. I mean, it just would have made a lot more sense to release one of the Christmas originals for the Christmas number one. Yeah. Anyway, I've talked about the Christmas number one, sort of uh, the history of it with people off the podcast and how... Oh no, it was actually for an upcoming episode of uh, This Is Disco, which will have already been released when this comes out. But we were talking about how a lot of the Christmas number ones lyrically have no connection to Christmas whatsoever, but they just have a few little bells thrown over the top of it, which yeah. is what they did with See the Day, and they gave it a Christmas yeah. video. But it just would have made a lot more sense to have one of those superior originals as the Christmas number one singer. Well, what can we do? Unfortunately, we can't turn back time. Or... Oh, this feels
3: like a bit of a missed opportunity, but we've got all the songs there to listen to, so we'll we'll, we'll just take those.
2: (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Well, speaking of all their output and their incredible years when they were active, do you have some particularly favorite or fond moments being a fan for yourself that you'd like to talk about?
3: We talked about the Tangled Up tour. I think that's always the big, big standout moment for me. But um, I, I just think, because of me being young as well, it's some of my earliest memories. I can remember really clearly when Sandy's Underground came out, going to the shop and going and buying a single, and that must have been one of the first singles I'd gone and bought myself. Mm-hmm. And um, just remembering, trying to choose which version because there were two different CDs, I think. <laughs> choosing which one I wanted to get with my pocket money. And um, <laughs> my parents don't remember as well because I got the one with the um, Stay Another Day instrumental version.
6: Right.
2: Um, I
3: made my own little song to
2: it. But. Oh my god! <laughs>
3: <laughs> and we all yeah. used
2: to do things like that with the instrumentals. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. they didn't launch my singing career, but it's a it's a family memory. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Should bring it out again one Christmas.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: I really love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my it just,
3: god! It's just I just miss those early days, just being going and buying the the singles. It's just amazing; those stick in my mind so much, mm-hmm. and they, it obviously shows what a big impact it was that they were part of my life, and yeah. I could want them. And it was just a special moment to be able to go out and buy them and have them in my collection. Just those things were important to you. Just music, so powerful, wasn't it?
2: really really is really is and it's a testament to how powerful Girls Aloud still are all these years on as you said like we're 20 years on we're still talking about them with as much importance as we were 10 years ago 15 20 years ago so Mm -hmm. uh, if you have any other memories or something that you'd love to talk about i'm
3: still i'm still annoyed as well it's not a memory because it didn't happen but tangled up talk, talked about it so many times and then there was a concert that they an outdoor one that they were supposed to do near me and I live pretty much in the middle of nowhere, and this was about ten minutes from my house.
2: Oh, wow. And
3: the promoters went bust, didn't they? And they got cancelled. And I only realised recently when I looked it up again. I was like, that was the tangled up tour. I could have seen that again. Oh, Not
2: by me. No. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know about that too. It's, that's interesting, hey. I guess yeah. wow. Oh my god.
3: I don't I don't think they all got cancelled, but I think there was a selection of them and it wasn't anything to do with the girls, it, it was to do with the
2: promoters going promoters. off something. Oh god.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: God. You'd hate to be one of those people that like travelled like I did for 10 and stuff and didn't have it.
3: I don't know how long before it was. I don't it wasn't like just before it happened, but yeah. Frustrating. <laughs> but yeah, just all, of the, all of the other tours, I'm just lucky that I got to go to all of them. I didn't go to the Greatest Hits tour, but I did go to a summer show because I was on holiday when the main tour was on, Right. because I know that's something that you've spoken about as well, that because it's not on a DVD, I haven't seen the full show, like I would have seen the same set list, but I never got to see the full show
2: Right. the way that like you haven't done.
3: And then, of course, Off the Record as well is is still classic. British
2: TV history.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Again, though, because of my age, I remember getting it. I think I got the DVD for a present or something. I remember putting it on for the first time. And do you know how much swearing there is when it first comes on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my parents were like, um, let's just turn this <laughs> off. And they got it got put in a cupboard for a couple of years. And then when I was old enough to watch it. <laughs> so I didn't get to see it straight away. But, you know, I've watched it of times since to make up for it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it was really amazing when reading in Sarah's book about them revisiting it together
3: before Sarah
2: passed as well and and being able to sort of laugh at it and be happy that it existed now.
3: Absolutely. I'd I'd love to have seen their reactions watching it back, though.
2: (laughs) Watching the adult selves, watching it back and seeing what they were like. I mean, Cheryl was just on fire through that. She yeah. Was coming, her comic tie. I don't think she realised how comic, comical she was in that series. Yeah. But I hope she gave herself a good laugh watching it back.
3: <laughs> Which episode's your favourite, would
2: you say? I think that top pick of Greek. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean... Awesome. I don't think you can really, that's just such an iconic episode full of so many one-liners. Nadine with, you know, imagine if I just came back in and I was just a neck. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. just so much amazing stuff. <laughs>
3: it's not the same episode as well that Sarah crashes a Ferrari, I think.
2: Yeah, I think it is, yes. <laughs> oh my god what oh my a time god. bloody hell well i won't keep you too long i'll let you go in a minute but before i do go in case the people missed it the first time around when you were on last month where yeah. can the lovely people at home find you online uh,
3: so on twitter i am mckeldry underscore allowed and on instagram i am han kelson underscore
2: amazing hannah i want to thank you again so so much for coming on to the podcast i always have such a lovely time talking with you and it's just so easy and that's why i definitely wanted to have you back for the fan episode because i know that you definitely would have had more to say and i'm glad that you you came along so thank you
3: thank you so much for having me it's been lovely to speak to you again and to be part of another episode i'm looking forward to hearing it See you soon
2: all right Bye. Bye. bye Please welcome onto You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, the wonderful Nathan. Hello, Nathan. How are you? Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I've been buzzing for this. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really, really looking forward to chatting to you all about the girls, and I know that you've got a fantastic story that we're going to talk about a bit later on, but Mm -hmm. I guess I want to ask immediately, which is what I've been asking everyone chatting to for the episode. How did your story becoming or being a fan of the girls begin
7: uh, it started right at the beginning i yeah. was
2: 10 when
7: they were formed um and obviously i really wanted to vote from when they're on the telly show and my mum was like if you hoover the stairs you get pound fifty to do the voting <laughs> so at 10 i'm rushing the stairs to be able to vote <laughs> and i voted in Nadine,
2: kimberly and cheryl amazing yeah. wow so from the beginning well yeah from the beginning to the most recent end of the story, which is the ten tour. Now you have a fantastic story regarding that tour. But please, please uh, talk my talk to my listeners and tell us all about what you went through.
7: <laughs> yeah. Well, we all thought a reunion was coming, but we were like, would it would it not? Um, and obviously, my wife found out she was pregnant with my daughter, and our due date was March 8th, I believe. And obviously, I saw him in London on March the 3rd. And I was like, I have to see him. I have to see him. And everybody was like, what about your daughter? I was like, don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Um, But luckily for me, she came on the 18th of March, so I didn't miss anything.
2: Oh, thank goodness. But that would have been an interesting story, hey?
7: (laughs) Yeah. Traveling like five hundred miles to see girls now uh, when my wife's heavily pregnant.
2: You are quite a big fan, then, and I'm yeah. assuming that you've seen them live quite a few times. Yeah, yeah, yes. I saw
7: them twice.
2: Yeah, right. So of I guess of the two the two tours that you saw, and mm-hmm. also of the ones that you've seen on the DVDs, which one do you think is your favourite?
7: I would say in terms of like engineering, if you like, and quality. The chemistry tour i think was where they were reaching their image and what they wanted to deliver as a band
2: right right
7: and w- with chemistry it was just phenomenal you know like the vocals were on yeah. point the sound was brilliant racy lacy is just a brilliant song It so is <laughs> it's such a brilliant song um personally um obviously my wife had no choice when she met me to take them on her <laughs> favorite is the time good up tour Uh Um, because she says Nicola really shines in that, you know, so she likes to see Nicola shine because she always had the hard press in the UK.
2: Yes, yes.
7: Um, And yeah, 10 tour will obviously mean so much now because of Sarah's passing. Of course, of course. So
6: yeah.
2: It's definitely, 10's definitely my favourite simply for sentimental reasons in the fact that it was the only tour that I got to actually see for real. Yeah, but oh my God. The chemistry tour is such an amazing tour because it's the first time that you see them on one of those tours where they're like they're really finally 100% comfortable with the fact that they are pop stars and this is what they yeah. do for a living there was mm-hmm. none of that like slight moments like in the first you know couple of to- those early performances where you can yeah. catch them like look at the size of the crowd and be thinking like holy wow. shit. like yeah
7: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah especially wembley you know
2: to sell out yeah. wembley that early on as well was incredible right right a true true phenomenon and one yeah. totally totally deserving as well because I, yeah. I i stand by the claim that they are the greatest pop group of all time
7: 100 percent. there's been nothing like them like yes in the uk we had little mix but they weren't consecutive were not consecutively hitting like right. girls and were right Yeah. You know, it was like three number ones and then they did more tours than they did anything else and I think that's what made them their money. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, know, in terms of girls allowed, it was so consistent that uh, it was like every three months, boom, 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 boom. And yeah, it was brilliant to live through like every stage. It was amazing, like 2009, 2008, like being a UK fan, they were massive. Mm-hmm. Like in the UK, huge, especially when they released *The Promise*. Everybody was a bit like, "Oh, right, okay, right. these are really good," you know. Um, and I think what helped that was Cheryl getting the X Factor job, you know, because oh, then right. that publicity went right behind the band, it went behind her, and then they got bigger and bigger. And then that led to the Brit Awards, and in my opinion, the Brit Awards is the best performance of their career.
2: Such a phenomenal performance.
7: Yeah, absolutely incredible.
2: And such a huge pinnacle and high point of the career that really was, like you yeah. said, it was the the peak of popularity and acclaim and everything that they'd worked so hard for had finally yeah. come to fruition, which really did explain why then the break happened because mm. they'd reached, they'd finally gotten the Brit and it was time to work on other things for a while definitely it was incredible to be fair with uh, what uh 10 tour date did you see i did the third of march right right yes i think that was that was the one that i was at because i got yeah. in a couple of days before and i got in the day yeah. before and then the, like the next night was, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i traveled
7: that morning yeah i traveled that morning because i live down south of the uk and right. obviously london is central so I, I went up to London that morning, booked the hotel, literally got changed, went to the arena. But that's another story in itself. <laughs> oh, so yeah. It's my female best mate offered to go with me. And uh, she was like, oh, I think I should wear heels. I was like, no, 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 wear trainers. I said, I don't think it'd right. be seated. I said, because, you know, it's it it a celebration sort of thing. Nobody's going to be sat down. So luckily, like, I got in quite early and I was literally two rows away from the catwalk. But All she right. decided to wear heels. So by the time they got to come on stage, she was like, no, I can't do it. And I had to leave my spot and be fair at the back. Yeah.
6: So that I've still not forgiven.
7: Definitely. My best memory from Tentor is Sarah's solo in a whole lot of history. You know, when she was walking down that catwalk on her own and the other four were sat on the stairs. Mm -hmm. That moment, you know, I'll hold on now forever. But that's always been my special moment because I'm just like, look at her.
2: Right, right.
7: Oh, so, yeah, how beautiful yeah.
2: Sarah. It's so... I had a friend over today who became a Girls Loud fan with us through sort of through the chemistry era because that was when she started really paying attention yeah. when, from what we were listening to. And then she became a fan. We were here today talking and she was just like, it's just doesn't feel real still at no. all. She's like, no. I just can't quite believe that she's mm. gone it's just so yeah. fucking strange mm. it's uh. just so
7: cruel as well because you know she was so lovely and she always seemed to get the hard end of everything didn't she right uh. you know in terms of the negative press and was she the strongest and uh. in my opinion i think her vocal carried girls allowed with nadine
2: right i love her vocal, her vocal yeah has always been incredible and yeah, yeah the, I think the treatment, especially around Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother mm. time, that was just awful and just, oh. It was a press that was yeah. hard to watch and yeah. hard to see. And, like, it made me look at people that were in the house with her who were mm. being horrible or manipulative. It made me look at them completely differently as well and changed perceptions of a lot of people like she was just treated very very horribly
7: yeah 100 percent. i mean i'm i'm good that she did it to be honest because she had the credibility not to go in a show like that it, it, but at the end of the day she did win it <laughs>
2: yes she did and she fucking deserved it i think after everything she, she was yeah. put through
7: <laughs> Hundred percent. I think my phone bill was a bit high that month, but never
2: mind. You know. Oh my god! I bet it would have been. That's probably the hardest because I watched. I used to watch Big Brother and Celebrity Brother from here in Australia all the time, and I think that season was the very hardest to watch. Just yeah. because it was so nasty. It was so so nasty and yeah. not fun at all. And felt didn't feel like the Big Brother that like I'd fallen in love with. But from that to a much, much lighter note, let's talk about the music or directly the singles. Do you have a favourite single?
7: My favourite single is Biology.
2: Ah, same.
7: Without a doubt.
2: Same. Yeah, without a doubt.
7: I've literally written it down. I I did my notes.
2: (laughs) Oh, amazing. Oh, I love that.
7: (laughs) Yeah. I was like, that, 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 that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, Biology is... Definitely my favourite single as well. It just, oh, what a song. I mean, uh, d- go, d- please. I think Black's it made Lyrical. people,
7: yeah. I mean, I think people made, I think that made people, sorry, sit up and go, they're good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was that moment where you're like, actually, because obviously Love Machine was the first one that sort of made us go, whoa. But then Biology was like, yes,
2: you know. Completely mixed level yeah. with Biology. Yeah. And something that's come up a lot with people that I've spoken with is biology, chemistry era, and the video as well, which yeah, is just a I mean, yes, yeah. but so hilarious in the sense that like it carried on that tradition of you know a slightly cheaper music video, yeah, yeah. But didn't it come with a fucking firecracker of a pop song, like?
6: And yeah, it just made it,
2: did. it just made the this the the budget of the video clip all that more admirable, I guess. Like it just helped as part yeah. of their charm. I guess is what I'm more yeah. trying to say. Like, yeah, tr- f- the right words. Definitely like adding to their charm. I saw the photos of yeah. your collection. My God, yeah. that was wow. incredible.
7: It's literally my baby, I'm not going to lie, it's my baby. But it's in my bedroom in front of me and I'm like,
2: oh. <laughs> Every morning, yeah, I'm like, that's mine. <laughs> that's such an amazing collection and there's it. just quite so much of it and I can definitely understand that, like, it's not cheap either. So, like, yeah.
7: <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, obviously, being a child, every Christmas, I've got the album for Christmas. Apart right. from Out of Control, I bought that one on my own and then like every three months i'd be like oh girls there's new songs out pocket money you know and over here it was 199 for a single
2: right right. so
7: obviously you get five pound pocket money for example and two pound would be a song sorted because you got like three songs for two pounds
2: Right. yeah uh, yeah, yep, yep.
7: <sighs> that was perfect as a kid but it went ah. so fast as well like i was only 10 when they got together and i was right. what 17 when they took the break
2: yeah yep.
7: and then 20 obviously when they reunited so yeah it was literally full one right me,
2: you literally grew up women. with girls loud through like yeah, the most literally. crucial early stages of life. How crazy yeah, is that? yeah,
7: they were just like role models to me because like I didn't have a father figure. Right. Um, so I had my mum, grandma, and auntie raise me. So, like, having girls allowed as a, as a young man was like, Look what they've done, that's amazing. But like I just love that it was women achieving,
2: right? Right, strong women.
7: Yeah, and I'm still, like, getting my wife now. My wife's very strong-minded, and I'm like, go for it, go for it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm always like, I love it. I just love female in- independence, if you like. Her. I think it's brilliant.
2: Right, right. And God, they were fierce and all about that. Yeah,
7: they were, especially Cheryl. I mean, potty oh. mouth, was <laughs> God
2: bless her. <laughs>
7: especially that ride with Charlotte Church
2: uh oh there were so many good brows i don't just yeah oh, look speaking of cheryl and going into the solo world do you have yeah. you you've paid obviously a lot of attention to the solo side of things as well yeah she was huge here huge yeah yeah who's your favorite do you think
7: my favorite band member is kimberly kimberly nice nice Always has been, yeah. Very like I could look after you, that, that sort of thing.
2: <laughs> On to their solo careers, whose music have you liked the most? Nicholas, Nicholas, right? Cinderella's Eyes, yeah, just such a great album, yeah,
7: phenomenal, so good, definitely. Like, yeah, because yeah. yeah. I had cancer five years ago. Oh, um, I'm so sorry. Um, when yeah, no, obviously, I got lucky, you know, I'm st- I'm, st- I'm still here, but well, uh, I I was grateful enough to talk to her when we did the Race for Life. Um, right, right. And Obviously, I said to her, um, your song, Take a Bite, that got me through my chemo, and she was like, yeah, that means so much to me. Right. You know, especially the lyric, like, you know, sit back and grab a tea, I'm going to kick your ass in 3D. Like, right, That's just right. amazing lyric. <laughs> <So know? bloody laughs> and God. I would
2: have it in my ears, like, so,
7: yeah you know but
2: yeah wow oh i'm i'm so sorry yeah, to hear that but sections. amazing that as well that what we uh what I'm five years old so I, I feel lucky oh incredible oh, i'm glad to hear that though like but fuck Thank i mean you. i i can empathize in a, in a sense like back in august our dog passed away and she had she had tumors all through her body and it's just been like a lot of that throughout the the last year. So yeah. it's, it's, just, it's just devastating.
7: It is. Just, I mean, I've got two pups. Mine are only really two, and I can't imagine it. You know, oh, she was 15,
2: and she would lived like a really long, good, happy life. We gave her an amazing yeah. life. But um, like eight months earlier, she was completely fine, clean bill of health. Yeah, it's crazy, and then, isn't just it? Just like that, yeah. you just. But anyway, we're not here to talk about the dogs yeah. and all the bad stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's yeah, go. exactly. Yeah back to the music particularly the albums what is your favourite album
7: well because I knew I was obviously going to talk to you this week I decided to listen to their collection on my phone right um and I think one album that's underrated in my opinion is what would the neighbours say
2: Aha! huh no one has said that either so you are very right in yeah. calling it underrated because it is very underrated great but all great their album.
7: vocals on it sound lovely the harmonies and obviously they all writ, I think a track each on the album didn't they right um Nicola, I think is it. I say a prayer for you.
2: Yes. Yeah.
7: Her 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 vocal in that beautiful, so absolutely gorgeous. beautiful,
2: great great ballad, great album. In terms yes. of their overall song, non single track, what's your favourite?
7: Every now and then, I'd say it's got to be <sighs> a, a really good should have been single.
2: Yes, I completely um, agree. And
7: rolling back the rivers oh. is lovely for me.
2: Yeah. Love that track too. It's funny because you said yeah. Biology is your favourite single, which is mine, and every now and then is yeah. your favourite song, which is also mine. That song, fucking hell, I could talk about it for hours. And I'm sure when I get to the ten episode, I will talk about it for hours. Definitely.
7: (laughs) But but it needs to be talked about. You know, they left us with Beautiful Because You love Me. I mean, come on.
2: Right. Oh, my God. So this has come up in every chat, whether I've brought it up or the person I'm chatting to has brought it up. At some point in the discussion, unfortunately, we have to talk about beautiful because you love me
7: <laughs> it's just a tragedy i mean the music video was nice still get me wrong but the song
2: nah. yeah yeah
7: it was i mean they they had on the metro sat right there didn't they on the metro right there in front of them and we only got that live on the tour
2: right and another thing that's come up which i think i have bro- probably brought up more is that we could have had every now and then instead of call me maybe on the tour
7: Yes. Well, yeah. Why did they
2: do that? Yeah. I understand, like to sort of keep up with the tradition of like where they would do covers on their show in their shows, but I think at at the point of ten and at the point of their career, they had so many amazing covers of their own that they could yeah. really. Pump the shit out of that! They didn't need to have that cover in there, and could have had that spot no. for something else, like every now and then, which yeah. would have oh,
7: yeah definitely been, been amazing
2: been a live. But at least yeah. we got that models, the the miniature models video clip. <laughs> yeah,
7: yeah. Well, tour. that was the best thing, wasn't it, about that? Yeah, right. Yeah. To be fair, I thought they were. I thought they were going to come up singing that, but obviously it went into the show.
2: Oh. Uh, at least yeah. we've got some portion of it in there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, all right, I, so, like, I,
7: again, I'd say in my opinion, I'd say the show is the probably campest song they've done.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like,
7: as a straight man, I have to shut me curtains singing that one, you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that was, again, part of their charm. They were very, like, camp, very tongue-in-cheek, and... Yeah, it was it's like just, slapstick. Yeah, yeah, that, but just... with this like pop punk edge to everything like it was just effortless and perfect just i could say a lot about the girls and have and obviously have said with the podcast but is there anything that you really just dying to talk about regarding the girls i know you've got notes and you've you've been amazing this episode so please like you know we've got we've still got a few more minutes Before we wrap up, what would you like to say about the girls that we haven't discussed yet?
7: I would like to say personally to me, they were my security. They were my escape from the world. Um, My childhood wasn't the best. So getting their releases were basically what kept me going as a little lad because nobody understood why I, being straight, would like a girl band. And it was never about that for me. You know, It was just about I love their music.
2: That's all it should be about. I love the power they brought. You know?
7: Right. Yeah. And that's what it was for me. You know, I, I love the success they had, the sisterhood they had. And like parts of their life has coincided with my life in weird ways. You know, for example, like I was diagnosed with cancer on the day Cheryl gave birth to her son.
2: Right. Oh, gosh.
7: You know, it's just, it, yeah, little things like that. And then when me and my wife got married, we had, I'll stand by you playing when we signed the registrar. Because it's meaningful because of the tent you know, and things like that. But nobody, I mean, my wife's got no choice but to get it, bless her. (laughs) But she gets it. But other people are like, you know, because there's meant to be loads of gay men enjoying it. You know what I mean? And I always had to fight that
2: stigma of being a straight fan. I can totally understand that. Hey, fuck. People are such c** when it comes to that kind of thing. yeah, I mean, God. But that's the thing also that I think with Girls Aloud is that really with them, especially towards the end and around the promise and everything like that, yeah, they were a band. They were the pop band for everyone. Yeah,
7: they were. They really, really were. But again, there's one thing that I'll never forgive is that when they took their break, they promised us three more albums and we didn't get them.
2: I, 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 I very devastating, and I think about that in the sense that when we got something new, and every now and then I was like, This is exactly what I expected Girls Aloud to sound like. Yeah, after a bit of a break and coming yeah. back, this is exactly yeah, what I needed, what I wanted. It's pushing yeah. the envelope just like they used to, and still, both tracks fucking fresh today as they were when they were released definitely 10 years ago for god's sakes like it's crazy i
7: mean my daughter's gonna be obviously 10 in march and it's mad because like her whole life has been that 10 years they've not been together and it's it's just crazy because obviously she was born the 18th of march they split up on the 20th and it's just one of those moments yeah it all coincides yeah and obviously in that moment, I was like, right, that's finished. Now I'm a dad, you know, you know, they've ended it. I've got to end it. If that makes sense. Yeah, Being yeah, obsessed yeah. with them,
2: <laughs> right, with them. Right.
7: but there's like that pulling effect from a minute. You know, it's like a pulling effect. Yeah. You know, because obviously I went to the Tangled Up tour in 2008, which they were just obviously reaching their peak then and then 10. So to like see how much they had all grown individually by the time they did 10, like Nicholas Foucault on the 10 tour was out of this world and, and she was always underrated. Because she was ginger, you know, I've got a 16 year old stepdaughter upstairs. I couldn't imagine her having to face what Nicola faced on that level, yeah. you know, being propelled home right, like that. Right. They just, it, it was. I think that's why her album is so stunning because it's so truthful and so this is it, you know?
2: Yes, yes.
7: Right yeah. album. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, Sticks and Stones is stunning, but Take a Bite is where you can hear the anger
2: in her right. vocal, you know? Yeah, yeah.
7: She was too young for alcohol, yet yeah. they thought she could cope, you know, with being told she's ugly over and over again, you know. And it's those kind of lyrics where you could sit there and go, God. Yeah, she still stuck it out. She still stuck it out. And she'd always been proud of that, to be fair. She has grown incredible over the years. But it was my wife that made me sit up and appreciate Nicola. She was like, Look at her. And I was like, Oh, yeah, she's Nicola. And she was like, No, look at her, you know. And then when I started looking at her, it was like, Wow, she's a talent.
2: So, yeah. Before we wrap up, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and I want to thank, thank you, you for offering. Yeah, yeah, no, I want to thank you also for your support of the podcast. It has meant a lot and it's meant a lot to me how much the podcast has meant to people. So, yeah, I'm just really, really happy to have been able to like offer a little bit of space on the podcast so you can tell a bit of your story and how you feel about the girls. And yeah, I appreciate it very much.
7: Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. I love it. No, obviously thank you for doing the podcast. It's nice to have an outlet about what the band did for us in the UK, you know, and worldwide, obviously with worldwide fans. And obviously it would have been different, you know, if the didn't pass, but now it's, I hope we get a final
2: release. That's what I think. I, I think that might happen if we don't yeah. get the albums for the 20th, I think we might get the singles first. But I hope we get the albums mm. first. I want the albums. I don't want the singles. <laughs> I mean I yeah, want the singles same but like, <laughs> I want yeah. the albums. Yeah, more. exactly.
7: Thank you so much for doing this for all the fan base. It's been brilliant to listen to everybody collectively about what they've meant to all of us, race for life and you know, the impact of songs, their albums, of tours, all of it. It was just it was just an amazing time in
2: pop. Right, it really was. Well, cool. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. Quickly before we go, where can the lovely people listening find you online if they'd like to
7: check in? I think it's at Nathan4Graham on Instagram, and that's the only
2: one I do. No worries. Take care. Thank you. No, no worries. You too. All right. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. I would like to welcome massive super fan and huge supporter of the podcast onto You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, Marky Doyle. Hello, how are you going? I'm good, how are you? You're really, really good. Thank you for coming onto the podcast to talk about the girls.
6: For, of course, of course. Thanks for having me on the podcast, I love it. What, uh, I love it when you do with Eliza Day as well, so like anything you do, like, it's just amazing. So, oh, super fan you. across the board. <laughs> Thank you very
2: much. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the pod. And I, I guess my first question to sort of start setting the tone is, how did you get into the girls? What was your begin- the
6: beginning of your fan story? day one pop stars myself and a friend in school like we'd be watching pop stars and like it's mad like at the time like what the when you just had like your standard Nokia phone and there was this texting each other every Saturday going have you been watching it who would you like who would you like and what they like it's mad all five girls that we liked are the ones that we got into the group basically it was amazing, amazing. and I remember like what the, at the time like what they just when it came to the bottom two when it was between Javine and Sarah what the we're like, oh, my God, that's a nail-biting thing. Like, it's like, is it going to be Sarah or is it going to be Japhine? And we were like, no, we like Sarah. And my friend was like, yeah, but Japhine's the better singer. And I was like, yeah, but well, we have Nadine already, so it's fine. Like, we don't need to, <laughs> what, to have two good singers. I've said this before with
2: uh, friends of mine in the past that... Girls Land would have been a very,
6: very different pop group if Javine had made oh. it and Sarah had not. And then it makes you wonder would have lasted as long without Sarah as well, though. Like, that's the thing, but I don't think yeah. so either. Just, I don't think so. It wouldn't have worked. And with Javine being in the papers for all the wrong reasons, wow. that would have probably brought the group down as well. So, Tell me,
2: I guess, how, what the girls mean to you and what some of your favorite memories are of being a fan of the girls or going to their shows
6: or well but uh, i was like as you know like a fan from day one and followed like them true pop stars even the irish pop stars like Whitney Dean as well i did watch it back then as well and that was a big like oh my god like and then when she went to the English pop stars I was like i hope she gets it like she's a good singer and she got through but then what uh i think like what. uh. I was a big sucker for reality pop. Like I liked what the English upstairs before, Girls Loved That Formed Tearsay and Liberty X. Mm-hmm. But then what the, when they released No Good Advice, I was saying to my friend, I was like, I think we're onto something here. And she goes watching me and I said, I don't know if something's just telling me there's something that's going to work with this. And she was like, Mark, you're such an idiot. And I was like, no, like, I just feel like something going to work here like and I remember what so my friend like just tells you how much that she knew what I liked and what I didn't like at the time she uh, got me um their first album and what I remember saying to my friend after she only bought it for me she did my copy herself she just said you would appreciate it more than I would and I, I rang her after and I was like this album's amazing and she was like well it's just an album and I was like no seriously you need to listen to this like this is way better than the cheesy pop stuff that hearsays But together like this is just going to be mind-blown I think we're on to something and she was like okay give it to me when you come back in school after the weekend so <laughs> gave it to her to listen to it. and she was like I think you're on to something I think like they're working with the right people here and mm-hmm. it's just amazing and then just following their career even up to what so when they went on their break I was like oh my god trying to break They can't be on a break like they've just done so well like and all that like and being the sucker that I am like what the, I was like you know what I'm gonna follow all their solo first have all the solo albums and everything but that tells you how much I'm invested in them it's not just one particular singer it's not right. just one member just saying oh I like you and I don't like the rest no like I love all five girls and follow all their solo stuff even like if they're on tv like when nickle was on style to rock and kimberly right. was on strictly come dancing i'd be watching it just for the solo part mm. of the girls you know like that much when they done their ten tour mm-hmm. i remember going with like not my friend i was in school with but one of my best friends uh, What's a uh, i started crying during stand by you and i remember my friend going what are you crying for and it's like it's the end i know it's the end especially with the video montage at the background and all and he's like no like they're just celebrating their 10 years that's it and i was like no the fan i am i know i know this Mm. i have this feeling and he was like no mark you're overthinking it and you're just letting your mind play games which i was like no seriously i know and then when it was announced that they had officially split up. Then I sent them the tweet and I said, look, see, this is what I was talking about. And he's like, okay, re- remind me, Mark, never to uh, underestimate you. It's <laughs> like, what the thing that, what's the, what's the, what the, like, you're the wrong or anything. If you know these things, you know these things. And I was like, yeah.
2: Yeah, there was definitely a feeling, because um, I went to the first couple of London show, What? The first couple of London shows and then I had a feeling that I needed to be at the last show. And little did I know that 10 years after that, I would be so grateful for that feeling because it literally was the last time that they would ever perform. I'm so, so glad that I put myself into like, you know, nearly 10 years of debt (laughs) to go on that trip to the UK and go on those shows because i don't that's priceless to me absolutely
6: priceless so yeah. uh, there's one regret i have which is like what's it but you can't live your life in regrets either i wish that at the time with the 10 twirls remember when tickets went on sale they done them. they had meet and greet like vip tickets and i was like mm. ah sure like they'll come back in a few years time and what's it i know I can do to meet and greet then? like what's it this one like i just want to enjoy with my friends and all and i'm wishing back then i knew what i knew now and i could have said right. you know i'll buy the meet and greet and then i could have met all five of them like i met an idea in that pride like mardi gras one year mm-hmm. and that was very quick but like i think it would have been nice to like meet all five and just be like hey right but, right it is what it is unfortunately
2: i know i know it's been such a hard year for everybody in the fan base as well because it's you know been more than a year now since sarah's passing and everyone it 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 just feels like it's still the same it's still um, very 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 raw and it's weird looking at the fan base now because the fan base was always really really special but there's something to be said about the fan base since sarah's passing because it just seems that everyone is just so lovely and it's from such a genuine love of the girls that like i just i don't have any bad
6: experiences whatsoever with anyone yeah i feel the fan base lately is a bit divided like what's this since sarah's passing you have some fans that are saying they should be doing something for their 20th anniversary etc etc but then you have others going yeah, but I wouldn't be up to celebrating. They're like, yeah, but they should be celebrating. And it's just kind of contradicting itself. You have people divided. It's just a bit like someone to do that and someone to do that. I'm one that's like, no, I think the girls themselves know when the right time would be. It shouldn't be a case of pleasing fans. They know themselves when the time be right right to do it.
2: Probably with those people, which I'm glad that I haven't encountered them, but with those people, I think that it's really quite entitled and it doesn't feel like it comes from the right place either it's just kind of like just get on with it girls like get back on the road It, it doesn't work like that
6: no, like what the, you have to get yourself together and be in the right headspace and all. Like, I don't know if you're a fan of Stephen but I remember yes. what a few years ago when they done their reunion program thing for what the, the TV, like they had to talk through those issues. I know that Girls Loud wouldn't have probably the same issues. As steps did and the breakup like steps did right. but they still need to go through the process and get themselves into a headspace and talk through these things and what their fears and concerns are like as a four piece because they'd have to work through going well sarah sang here sarah sang there so how would this work and like how do, you do that? we need to do her justice as well and make sure we maintain our legacy as well without a, what's with alienating our fan base as well here
2: right I think it's interesting because I was listening to Kimberly's appearance on Sophia Webster's podcast, amazing amazing podcast. And Kimberly said something that really just like struck a chord with me in the sense that she said after everything that's happened it just feels like it's put a full stop
6: at the end of girls aloud. We just need to appreciate what we had and what we had at the time I suppose like and then if something happens down the road, then okay. Like, what's it? all and good? Yeah, we get to see them on stage again. But if they end up saying no, that was it. Like, what's it? Then you have to respect them. It's their decision at the end of the day.
2: Exactly. That's 100% what I think. If they do decide in five years' time that they still do not want to do it, that it's just would not be possible for them to be able to do it, I would understand. I would understand completely and everyone else should bloody understand too I mean Jesus like they gave us so much so much of their lives so much of their talent
6: we are not owed anything by any of them considering like what the when they were together for the seven eight years before they went on their break like what did that like it was like album tour album tour album tour album right. tour it's just like they needed that break, so when they went on that break, it was well deserved. And then, um, what's when they got back together? Like basically, it was just for the fans as a thank you for the celebrating like the time they were together. Like they didn't have to get back together, but they did, and it was their way of saying, "Thanks, fans! Like, what do we appreciate you? And what's to what here's the best of? Like, what's some new songs there for you as well? And just what we value everything? But we're going to give you one last big show here and." There you
2: go. Right. It's funny because that night when
6: the tweet longer came out, oh, I always remember that, like, just being in bed and just licking and saying, "I was like, am I reading that right?" Obviously, just before Sarah's
2: diagnosis, they were starting to talk about things that they wanted to do for the twentieth anniversary, and I think that because that information leaked out through the press before, obviously, the girls wanted anyone to know anything i think that has been a hard pill to swallow for some of those fans
6: yeah i get that like they're probably like what well, they did have plans so why aren't they doing these plans now and i think that
2: the plans that they probably had was probably going to be a similar thing to the 10 tour a celebration 20 years greatest hits package with a few new songs
6: and then i think they would have re-released all their albums with deluxe editions as well, because let's face it, Tuna Mania have said they have loads of songs in the vault, so there you go. Like, whether there could have been, like, deluxe editions, like, and saying, like, what's a bonus disc with demos and rarities, like, for each album, that would have just been amazing.
2: Let me ask you what your favourite song,
6: favourite album, and favourite tour have been. Oh, so favourite album, Hands Up would be Tangled Up, I remember mm-hmm. the first time I got that album, and just like what uh, my mom had uh, won a surround sound system that year, and what when I came home, I was like I have to play it on the surround sound system just like <laughs> was that in my sit room, and it's like I have to play. And then I remember when Close to Love would probably be my all-time favorite album track, oh, and to then just hearing that beat on the surround sound, I was just like oh my god this album is going to be my favorite album just like it's only two tracks in it's like no i feel it and then it's just one of those albums that i just love to just put on and just mm. like buff away to my favorite single i'd probably go with no good advice because that's the song that after sound of the underground i just started saying to you earlier when i was like yeah i think we're onto something here like so working here with these girls um tour i've seen the greatest since 2007 i saw the out of control and i saw the 10 tour but like through dvds and stuff i'd probably say the Tango up tour is probably their best but for one to see physically live i would go with probably maybe the 10 tour because it was their last one so it's more sentimental value to more reason for it you know yeah
2: definitely uh, my favorite tour is 10 i know that technically maybe out of control is their best tour but i was at the 10 tour i have actual memories in that crowd and this was something just magical about being there and oh it was such a good good show i watched that dvd more times than I can count. And then when I did a 4K upscale of the DVD rip with this program that literally took like nearly a week to upscale the whole concert. And then I was playing that so much, but because it was such a huge file, it kept like shutting down my computer. And like, I still kept on watching it over and over again. It was just, oh, what a bloody tour. They all looked so hot. The costumes were incredible the song choices were fantastic bar call me maybe but i try not to talk about that or will get too bitter about that Uh, (laughs) but yeah i agree tangled up is also my favorite album and that's the next album episode that i'll be working on of the podcast too so i'm really excited it's gonna be a good good one i think yes yes oh my god well i Wanna thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Before I do let you go, please share with the lovely people listening where they can find
6: you on the internet. Oh Instagram and face turn me Instagram and Facebook. Well Facebook it's murky Doyle. Uh Instagram and Twitter it'd be murky and then Tree 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 Oh.
2: Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much for coming onto the podcast. It's been an absolute blast to finally talk to you properly in person, so to speak. Thank you again so much. It's been an absolute pleasure.
6: Thank you so much. Have
2: a lovely day and I will speak to you online. Hopefully Twitter hasn't died by the time (laughs) I finish all my interviews. (laughs) We can only pray. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again, darling. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye. 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 Please welcome now onto You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, the wonderful Joe Lawrence. Hello, Joe. How are you going?
4: Hello, I'm okay. How you doing?
2: Really, really good. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Really, <laughs> really appreciate it. To talk all things Girls Aloud... Yeah, that's all good. So first up, I have to ask you where your story with the girls really began. Was it from the very beginning?
4: Uh, it was, yes. Uh, from uh Pop Stars The Rivals. Right. So all the way back in 2002. so yes. uh was still um, a mere teenager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> a mere throwback. Um, but yeah, but was all, all the way back then. And following on from that, um, for all their you know, auditions and, and their TV shows as well. However, uh, I'm going to be a bit rogue here mm. and say I honestly thought um, I wasn't necessarily gunning for them, but I honestly thought the boys were going to snack stick. This was number one oh, rather really? than girls. Around. Yes, I, I just had that. I just had that thought that maybe it's that time where maybe obviously the whole boy band thing, you know, it's that all kind of, it, it, it sat, uh, mindset. So I really thought they were going to get But when girls had got it, I thought, wow, yeah, so I was I was more shook that they actually got it. <laughs> uh, I was actually quite quite pleased that they actually got it at, at the end of it. So obviously, you know, since Sandy Underground, you know, they they just been you know um, you know big part of my kind of musical life, if you will.
2: Right, right, absolutely. So being with them from the start and being so close to places where they perform, I assume you've seen them live a number of times?
4: A uh, few times, yes, um, yeah. from their Tangled Up tour onwards, um, so three tours, that's it. So pre- uh, that scene.
2: Yes, yes, uh, incredible. Do you have any particular stories from the shows or seeing them around that you've that really just stick out to you?
4: Yeah, this is uh, when I said to you, obviously, you got a bit of a non story, but um, <laughs> it was when I saw them at the uh, Tangled Up Tour in Brighton. Uh, I thought I'd go to Brighton, which is on the south coast in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, lovely place. The train getting in to Brighton was uh, delayed uh, by an hour. Um, so we were all kind of waiting just randomly on the train. So I was like, I just want to get to, um, to, get to my hotel to check in. So obviously, we're delayed by an hour. Um, so I was there, but a while with time I got into Brighton and I was like, yeah, but I just want to march straight to the hotel. Uh, on the way of doing so, uh, when well, so I was just passing the corner of the arena of the, the, the concert, uh, I just grazed the shoulder of, uh, of, a, of a lady and there was two ladies, um, both wearing um, a green kind of sarong towel dress. And I was like, that seemed very familiar. Uh, and on that tour, the five girls wore this kind of green, strong, wrap town dress as their kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, leisure, you know, you know, mm. pre-show, you, know, you know, just to lounging. Right. Um, and I grazed the shoulder of Nicola Roberts. And I was one second too late to form a brain to compute that, oh my God, that was Nicola Roberts' shoulder that I grazed. <laughs> as I was walking around the corner, because I was such in the mindset of getting to the hotel that I was like, oh my God. And it was both Nicola and Kimberley oh
2: who were the two,
4: two girls there. And I was like, if I was one second, you know, more with it, more I would have met them, you know, this, th- them
2: too. Oh I was my like, Damn gosh. It. Bloody hell. Crazy.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but it ended up being a really great, you know, uh, show. Uh, I've in Brighton. So uh, so on that tour, it was one of the more intimate venues. Mm-hmm. So. Especially the ballet section at all um, had like a bridge, uh, yeah. you know, so they start to do a whole lot of history, then they go onto a bridge and then they do the rest of the ballot section. Mm. But Brighton, it's a smaller venue, they didn't have that bridge. So I it was restored oh. all on the main stage. Just as, oh. as an example of the intimacy uh, that oh. Brighton has, but, you know, it was a really great, you know, big concert experience because of that intimacy, but it's also a, a, a big venue as well. Wow. And the good thing about it being in Brighton, you know, um, the uh, the the bar um, drinks are a little bit cheaper than the ones in London.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible. So Tangled Up was when you first started going. Of the earlier tours, do you have a favourite from watching on the DVDs?
4: Probably the chemistry tour, because of the, even though the, because I, Again, I didn't go to the Greatest Hits tour, and obviously, as, as, as you know, um, annoyingly, there's hardly any footage of that tour, just anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I, I, the good thing about the Water we'll Will Say tour is the rawness and the roughness of them, which encapsulates their energy, especially of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just something about the production overall, the chemistry tour, that I was like, I oh, wish I could have been there. Right and, right. and for me, that the chemistry tour, especially the DVD, has one of my favourite um, Sarah Hardy moments. Uh, her vocals on that end bit on I'll Stand By You. Oh, uh, yes. That, for me, is just my favourite Sarah Hardy moment because you could even see even like Nadine and Cheryl as it pans, the camera, they're just looking at Sarah thinking, my God, well done, girl. They just had that in their eyes and I was like, yeah. That note that she kind of carried, I just think, yeah, that is is a great moment.
2: What is your favourite tour of the ones that you saw?
4: Ooh, I will probably say it was the... um, Oh, it's, it's a hard one but because the three that i see was was really great i probably would say the outer control tour
2: right uh, i saw yes. that in the o2 in london
4: um it, it, again it's just more for that like, the production is just the energy of the room as well and i think that at that time as well they'll properly actually on on form it's it's one of those really it goes out of those really weird acts where you know it took them all this time to kind of get to their pinnacle right you know they're kind of You know, their biggest, as in commercially, and yet that's the year they kind of took a break. It's like, what a way to leave us fans wanting more.
2: (laughs) Oh, tell me about it, God. (laughs) So when the 10 tour and the 10 anniversary was announced, you would have been super, super excited.
4: Uh, Actually, when I think they were actually having a, because I work in a theatre, I think I was working in one of the theatres of the day that their um, conference announcement for that 10 tour. And that hotel conference was literally over the road from the theatre that I was working at. Oh
2: my so gosh!
4: Like, Again, so near but so far. And even when uh, Sarah Harding done the Ghost tour, uh, yes. or the Ghost kind of musical, you know, uh, um, she only done the first few uh, performances. I was due to see him her in Wimbledon, and that was the one of the first you know performances where you know she bowed out of, 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 of the tour. And I was like, but it was, it was still a good show. <laughs> yeah,
2: oh, that would have been a bummer though. Still, damn. Yeah.
4: But whilst reading her book, then you think, uh oh, obviously you kind of think, i her mindset at that time. Yeah. You think, oh yeah. Yes, that's all, that's all bad.
2: I have to ask when we're talking about their music, of their songs, what would you say is your favourite song? But then also in that same question, what would be your favourite single?
4: Ooh. Um. I'm. Wh- If I'm a uh, like a a true fan, I'm very much I like the kind of deep cuts, like the album tracks, B sides, like the rarities. I I kind of find them a little bit more obviously exciting for me as as a as a as a bonfire fan. You know, whether that be you know like you know Girls' Loud, even like Steps or Kylie or anyone like that, I I tend to kind of gravitate more towards the album tracks rather than the singles. Um, But with Girls' Loud, it's just like you know, it's it's a it's a question you can't really ask because there's just so many different moments. I will probably say the one standout, if you want to do the song for me personally, is uh, "Graffiti My Soul." It's because that just slaps you right in the face, mm-hmm. and it's just it, you just don't know where that song's gonna take you. And it's it's just the energy and the vibe. It's just it's such a when you hear it, you're just like yes. But single-wise, uh, it's it's a hard hard one really, uh, because again, some, the, all their singles mm-hmm. are absolutely iconic. I would probably go towards the promise again because of the energy, the vibe, the the, uh, the maturity of it as well. Uh, it's and again the the vocals and again it's just bringing that kind of Sarah into it. Her kind of lib when she's done that, it's just it's just stunning. And you, and even she said that, You know, she wished she would have done that in the recording. So that was one of the. If I was to go for another one, you know, maybe a whole lot of history as well. If I if I'm allowed to. You know, Girls out weren't always known for their ballads, but that ballad and that song is just the way that Girls out can do a ballad, and it's just I, it, it's just when I heard, that, I heard that, I was like, oh my god, this is such a beautiful song, and those vocals, amazing. Oh,
2: incredible, incredible tracks, wonderful choices. When we move on to their albums, where do you sit? With the records, Ooh. what's your favourite? Okay. And I, I, my answer is like that. It always, it tends to change. It's mostly tangled up.
4: Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean there because there's something about that tangled yeah. up album. Um, I I, 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 would probably say that as 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 a four point, but not to underpin out of control chemistry. What they would say, even their first album, you know, because again, they, they, they're all right. The, the thing is, they're all right for the time that Absolutely. they were in, and they're perfect for. They're perfect snapshots for each year and each of their moments in their career, um, but there is something about that tangled up album, which is just like a solid, solidified album. Uh, I think isn't it the only album, or or their first album, where there's no covers in it as well. Yeah, uh, I, I believe. So yeah, so it's so it's a solid girls allowed album, and it's an album But they released their greatest hits. They were established, and I think they had that you know, the production was more slick with album than their previous albums.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: And actually, the uh, uh, and another kind of funny thing is, um, obviously, this song uh, Blackjacks mm-hmm. uh, has the lyric, New York nothing, <laughs> which... Uh, and 2008, uh, the same year as the Tagged Up tour, was the same year that I went to New York.
2: Oh.
4: So when I, was in, when I was in New York, every time I was walking around the street, I was having Blackjacks in my head all the time because of that lyric.
2: Right, right, oh my god, that was like after the 10 tour, I went to Singapore for like three or four days, and I literally walked around Singapore listening to Singapore, that's all I could think about, was listening to Girls Aloud Singapore the whole time that I was in Singapore.
4: Yeah, I was was, was the same about four years ago when I went to Singapore, Um, so I was like, you you, you go to Singapore, you have to play Girls
2: Aloud Singapore. Of course. It's it's the law. It is, it is the law. (laughs) Solo-wise... Did you really get into the solo elements of the girls more the music side of it than anything uh, yeah.
4: else um, uh, I, I think uh, especially with with obviously we a girl band and with being a boy sometimes it's harder because again especially because i would if i was if i was a female or i would be very much very excited about the, the kind of um dated doll you know makeup that Nicola oh. Roberts done. you know that i think was a really great thing um, but obviously, you know, it's not really for me personally. Obviously, you know. However, they're solo out. They're solo ventures. Um, I, I did have followed all the albums, and for me, what the because she's my personal favorite vocalist of Girls Aloud. Um, the Cinderella's Eyes. I just think it's an album that anybody needs to listen to. It's yeah, just girl, the, the yeah. vision. The again the these the, the lyrics. The again the whole vibe. I just think that Nicola Roberts has been dangerously underrated, you know, near enough the whole entirety of Girls Aloud. Mm -hmm. Um, Towards the end, she did start to kind of come out of a shell more, which is really great. But when Cinderella's eyes came up, I was like, yeah, this is a great album. And uh, I would implore anyone to stream, you know, download it, you know, Mm -hmm. buy it.
2: I guess next, I just want to ask you, is there anything that you think of when you think of Girls Aloud and it's a particular moment in their history or back catalog or moments on tour or TV whatever what's something that just sticks out to you whether it be a favorite or just something that you feel like you'd, that you you'd love to talk about
4: very that's a very kind of again a uh, uh, very hard one especially because that I, I could speak you know a lot uh, about them this is going to be you know really you know a minute thing but the thing that stands out for me is <laughs> uh, is their singles box set oh yes. I just think that is one of the most, I just think not a lot of acts have kind of done that for their singles. And I just think that every artist needs to do that with their singles. Right. Just the way in which it's presented the whole sturdy box, which I still got on myself just yeah, there and there. just it. There. There. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's just, it's just the way that, you know, that was produced as well. I just think it came at the right time. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's just something that, again, Girls Aloud always treated us fans very well with extra material and not a lot
2: of acts <laughs> suppose, I've actually have actually kind of done that this is also an era where not many people were doing b-sides still anymore in pop either it was just pretty much like the single and the remix of the single and push that out whereas girls Aloud and like acts like even the sugar babes kept doing b-sides which was just so yeah. wonderful as a pop music fan because they got it they've got that we wanted as much material as they could give us <laughs> <laughs> Listen, before I let you go, Joe, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on, but also for your support of the podcast. It really, really means a lot. And I, I get, get, it's very overwhelming sometimes to see how people have resonated with it. And particularly the fan base have been very, very kind. You yourself being one of them. So thank you again so much for all of your support of the podcast. It truly means the world.
4: Thank you.
2: Well, before we do let you go, if, The lovely people at home want to get in touch with you or follow you online. Where can they find you on the internet, Joe?
4: Oh, uh, so on Insta, uh, I'm just Joe Lawrence, the word just as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Twitter, I believe I'm just Joe. Uh, without the Lawrence, but you could be still very bad, bad finding. And again, I'm on Facebook, my name Joe
2: Lawrence. So I'm pretty, I, I should be pretty easy to find. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate right, it. You. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Joe. really appreciate it. I'll right, thank you, you. good internet. to be here. Yeah, you too. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Please welcome my next guest onto You Can't Mistake Their Anthology. It's the wonderful Joshua David Cooper. Hello, Josh, how are you? Hi, I'm doing I'm very well, how are you? I'm doing really good, thank you. I'm l- really looking forward to chatting with you about The Girls. I know you're Thanks a so massive, nice massive fan. I am, yes. <laughs> yes. So tell me where your fan story with The Girls began.
1: Mine started right at the beginning, actually. I was 10 years old when Popstars was airing on the TV over here.
2: Wow, and I, I definitely yeah. was not. <laughs>
1: i think i'm a mid mid mid-range age fan i think (laughs) i spent 30 last year so (laughs) i'm a bit in the middle somewhere but i remember watching it with my family um back in 2002 and Luckily, I was sort of the right age to sort of understand what was going on so I could enjoy it and, you know, do the voting and, yeah, got really into it. And I've just been obsessed ever since, really, absolutely obsessed ever since. There's not a day that goes by where I don't either watch a video on YouTube or listen to a song or (laughs) just completely control
2: them. <laughs> they're such a huge part of our lives to the point where, yeah, like it, it's little things like watching one of those videos every day, even if it is just one. It's so important. <laughs> it's so important. It just puts a smile on my face. <laughs> just my little downtime. I always
1: go to go They're just my instant
2: go to oh they're bloody incredible. So obviously I'd love to know if you have any particular memories of like going to shows or any things that you think of off the top of your head when you talk about Girls Aloud.
1: Oh, so sadly I haven't, I haven't managed to go to any of the tours because when they were going on tour, I think I was between the ages of like 13 and 16. So Mm -hmm. obviously a lot of the shows are, not in my home city so a long way to go without parents so oh but as soon as they came out on dvd i was the first to buy them yeah. <laughs> just because i missed out i remember i had a friend in school um who would go to every show with their family. So I always asked them to pick me up a tour program. <laughs> oh, and I'm oh, glad I did, because they're just stunning. Like the 10 tour oh, and the Out of Control oh. tour programs are absolutely stunning. One of my favorite pieces of memorabilia that I've got.
2: Yeah, they they both are beautiful. The 10 tour one's incredible.
1: <laughs> oh, there's so much memories in there as well, how about they write about their 10 years and stuff. It's just, oh.
2: Such a nice thing. To have. I'm glad I got it. Yeah, huge, huge. So <laughs> it's interesting that you never got to. I guess I, I can understand it. <clears throat> I come from a similar wheelhouse with um, Madonna when she did the girly show. Yes, and I actually we had tickets, but then there was like a, a death in the family, and like the funeral and everything was happening literally on the night that we were supposed to go. So. I was mortified, but like it's probably for the best because I don't think I should have been at that tour at my ripe old age of ten. <laughs> my parents definitely would have uh, gotten a lot more than what they bargained for. <laughs> but, yeah, no. So that's interesting where that there is that time frame where it's like I remember it all too well. I had to watch everything on DVDs or VHS because like there was no way I was going to convince my parents to fly me overseas to go see Madonna. <laughs> No,
1: it's gutting, isn't it, when you're when you've got that experience. At least you've been to one now.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. I went to all the fucking Rebel Heart shows in in Australia. <laughs> but all right, so let's talk about their back catalogue and things that really stick out to you the most. I'll ask first, because I haven't asked everyone this, what your favourite video is.
1: That is a tough one because they have got some amazing videos on there. Do. Now, music video and music single kind of go hand in hand. I'm kind of torn between biology and sexy no, no, no.
2: Both amazing singles and both amazing video clips, yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, biology, when I first saw that video, I was just like, what is this? <laughs> it's just an absolute... Oh, Artistry, masterpiece of a tapestry, God knows what's going on with it. <laughs> when they really said it was three songs, pieced in one, wow, it really was. And I think they made a video like that as well.
2: <laughs> really did, it's just mannequin, everything we loved about the encapsulated in a three and a half minute song.
1: <laughs> and that's the first time I really um, noticed Kimberly like I think Kimberly's is a standout in that video. She looks absolutely mm. amazing in every every outfit change. So that's where my obsession with Kimberly came from, because <laughs> she is actually my favourite member. And I think it was down to that video when I first saw it. Right. Yeah, absolutely stunning. But they all look great in it, and the choreography. Oh, even I do that now. Even that little the uh, time one <laughs> when it comes on, it's just uh, it How just gets me the party mood. Yes. You can't like that song and not dip, it's just not possible.
2: It's, yeah, that song is something else. And I think a a lot of, um, fan stories, particularly people that I've spoken to already so far for this, a lot of people have mentioned biology as being like the moment when things changed for them.
1: Yes. Biology. Yeah. It is. It is if not the, one of the greatest pop songs of the 2000s or of our lifetime. I agree. Personally, it's just I completely, it will never happen again.
2: <laughs> no, that magic will never be recreated again. That was something extraordinary. And because I remember obviously the first time I heard it, it was like, what is this? And then I did what I always did with the Girls Loud song and I would keep playing it. It was like, yes. like the third or fourth girl was just like, oh my God, this is like the best song that was ever written. You know? I, guess, I guess that every time you play yeah. it.
1: Yeah. It's it's like, I feel like that. Like, with girls a lot of times you have to keep playing it to debrief it and understand it and get into it. And then each time it's like, I love it even more. That's what I love about their music. It never gets boring.
2: It's always chopped up so interestingly and woven through in ways that are hugely unconventional for pop. It just works so well with them. They
1: really did push the boundaries. They're they, no
2: way any generic band. <laughs> no, no. And I think I, I think that Girls Aloud was Xenomania's muse. Yes.
1: And they were smart to stick with Xenomania for their yes. entire career as well. Really did the wonders, I think.
2: Yeah, I think so as well, because they understood them the most... I think, out of everyone on the first album. Yes.
1: Because the Zendermania tracks are probably the best ones from Sound of the Underground. I agree,
2: yep. With the fact that we are talking on what will be, you know, roughly around the 20th anniversary of, or what would have been the 20th anniversary since Sound of the Underground, and how, how are you feeling as a fan now after everything with what's happened with Sarah and... The fact that the 20th, the 20th obviously is going to feel a little bit anticlimactic for a lot of people. Yeah, it's
1: because I've never been to a tour, like when I knew the 20th was coming, you know, even in like 2016, 17, I was thinking, like well, I'm going to be the first one to get to it because I'm going to go to this tour. I'm going to be ready for this celebration. And then obviously with Sarah, I think that's why it hit me quite hard as well because i actually realized i've never seen them and now i'm probably never gonna ever get the chance to yeah. so i even i tried to um make a race for life in london yeah. and but i had a baby shower on the same day so i couldn't even go to that and i was just like oh god i can't do anything to you know anything with the girls or create any memories with them and i was just like oh god and it still hits me to this day about Sarah because I think partly of the reason, because I haven't seen them or haven't been able to get involved with anything that they've done personally. Right. I've just wow. had to take a back seat <laughs> as a major fan and <laughs> just <laughs> do it from there. So oh, I kind of wish they'd do, even if they just release, you know, if it's just another great hits or do something for the 20th release some songs from the vault that I know they've got in there that no one's heard or so just many. something for the fans, you know? It's a bit bittersweet, isn't it? Because obviously the girls aren't in the right headspace to do anything, really, or put their heart into it. But at the same time, yeah, it does make me wonder what we're going to get, if anything.
2: If anything, yeah. And I think, uh, the, and this has come up in conversations with people as well that we've been having for this episode there's obviously and I haven't come across these people thank god but speaking to others that they have and there's obviously people that are in the fan base who are pretty much just like just hurry up and get on with it get back on the road do something for the 20th and then there's the other part who understand that while we had them in our lives as an amazing pop group they were in Sarah was in their lives for real, like in their actual lives, in their day-to-day lives, memories that we'll never know about. So there's a huge difference to, I don't know, to just to be saying to them, like, just forget about all of that and just get on with the show. Just feels a bit cold hearted and coming completely from the wrong direction.
1: It's, It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, part of me inside is like, well, you know, with all these hologram tours at the moment, you could get a hologram of Sarah to join the other four actually on stage, and that would mm-hmm. be great. But at the same time, you just know the energy and the dynamic will not be the same as their previous tours because right. their head's not really in it, is it? Is it no. no. I think you've got to be a bit human.
2: That's the thing. Everyone needs to be a bit human because the, I've heard the avatar idea has come up before, and I've spoken about it with others as well. And and but then it just stalls at the idea of how would they even go, even if they did like the whole band as a hologram. How would they be watching that? From that would almost be more traumatic. So. Yeah, the, the future feels very uncertain, as one of my previous guests said tonight, actually.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all up in the air, isn't it? I mean, you can't really, it's bad of us as fans to, you know, force the girls on the road. It's because obviously they know Sarah a lot more personally than we do, and it's obviously going to affect them a lot. It probably still is affecting them. and Of course. We've just got to take a vaccine now, I
2: think. And take up these opportunities where things like the vinyl, where proceeds are going to the cancer research and buying these initiatives like the pyjamas and everything like that. And I'm sure they're going to be doing more fundraising stuff in the future. So, And hopefully maybe they'll even go down that road with the rest of the vinyl, which I, I imagine they would. I think that's probably, if we get something for the 20th, that is what will encourage them to do it. The idea that money will go towards more research.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Which is, you know, what Sarah said she wanted in it. So, <sighs> at least they're fulfilling her wish, her wish to her.
2: Yes. What's your favourite album?
1: Right, well,
2: Girls Aloud, one of those
1: artists where, You put an album on and you think, oh, this is my favourite album, and then you put the next one on and you're like, okay, no, actually, this one's my (laughs) favourite. And it changes all the time, but I think I always go back to chemistry as being my favourite album. I just think the concept really worked. The fact that it was a concept album, I can just listen to it start to finish and every song, apart from one, is just absolutely flawless. And um, my actually, actually my favourite non-single from the girls, my favourite song of all time, is actually Swing in London Town." Oh, <laughs> oh that synth-pop genius!
2: What a song! Just this, say
1: uh, yeah. Devastates me that it never got performed live on the Chemistry tour
2: or otherwise. I know, I know, it's crazy, isn't it? I'm just glad that fans chose it as um, part of the second disc on ten. I was so happy yeah. to see that. On <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm deluxe version. I was surprised not to see Singapore. I was, because
1: that is is the fans. It seems the most demanding song from the girls that the fans want and need in a high-quality version.
2: (laughs) This has been amazing. This has been a saving grace, the podcast, and talking with people like you, even just like in DMs or in tweets and messages and stuff, to see... I was
1: going to say, but it's been a really good distraction for you.
2: It has and it's also been really really good to to reconnect big time with the fan base and to also see how much love there is in it there is huge amounts of love isn't there this
1: fan base is one of the
2: best you know that i've come across we're just all such
1: a big community just just want to chat to each other just always here for each other i just love it
2: yeah i think it's it's probably the most special fan base that I'm a part of, and I've seen the way that they interact with everyone. It's very, very caring and very genuine. So, and the response to the podcast from people like yourself has meant the world to me. So, I wanted to say thank you for that as well.
1: Thank you. You're doing such an amazing job. I'm so glad that someone's actually done a podcast for Girls Aloud and put, put it out there in the universe. It's amazing, it's incredible.
2: Thank you, that means a lot. I really just wanted to start, because I'd always had the idea of doing it, and then obviously when Sarah passed, I was like, no, I need, their legacy deserves something, some kind of dedication to it through a podcast format. So I just started working on it, and I'm so, so glad that I did. Before I let you go, I just wanted to ask, can you share with the lovely people listening at home where they can find you on the internet if they'd like to follow you or see what you're all up to or about?
1: Yes. So my Twitter is koopyj, coopyj, c o o p y j, and my Instagram is as told by tourists.
2: Thank you again so much for chatting to me. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'll let you know when the episode's on the way and coming out and stuff. But really, has been an absolute treat Amazing. chatting to you. Oh, it's
1: been absolutely incredible. Thanks so much for having me. You keep up the good work.
2: Bye. A huge, huge welcome to massive fan Danny onto the podcast. Hello, Danny Lucas. How are you? Hello, I'm very
5: well. Thank you. How are you?
2: I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on You Can't Mistake Their Anthology. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on.
5: I'm excited. <laughs>
2: Did your story with the girls begin from the very start, or how did the how did you become a fan? Um, yes, it
5: did. So, when Pop Stars Arrivals happened, I was 10. Oh, so, um, yes, um, still very young. So, yeah, I remember supporting the girls on Pop Stars Arrivals. I specifically remember Nadine and Kimberly were my two faves back then. Um, so, yeah, it started from them really, from the girls getting into the band, and then carried on right to the end. Amazing.
2: Well, I guess my next question really leads into your own personal stories, what you experienced as a fan that you think of at the top of your head or even things that happen with the girls in their career that you think off the top of your head when you think of Girls Aloud.
5: And the, the reason I think that Girls Aloud hit so differently compared to the majority of other girl groups is they were just different. Mm. Like, Still to this day, you can put on 90% of girls who love music and it doesn't sound like anything else out there. So I think, especially for a young gay fan, um, it, it kind of gave you that idea that you can push boundaries and you can stand out from the crowd because the girls never really fitted in as such. Mm-hmm. Um, terms of their music. And so yeah, that's what drew me to them. And um, I also just loved the whole ballsiness and um, the fact that the team and the girls didn't care about... Um, like, doing features or, like, what music was called. So, yeah, that's what initially drew me
2: to them. Yeah, they were unique beyond compared to all the other girl groups, I think, still to this day. So, obviously, being a fan in the UK, you've had quite a few interactions with the girls in the past and created your own memories. Did you want to share some of those with the listeners? Yeah, so I've
5: actually met the girls probably, like, all together as a five, like five, six times and then obviously individually throughout the years but some memories i have one always sticks out was the first time do you remember when they did the harold signing for the first greatest hit yes um, they were on that there was snow and they were on that buggy and um, so i went to that signing. obviously at this point it was only 2006 like i was still a teenager and um, and my mum took me and it was one of those days where like because Harrods is such a fancy place. Um, it was quite a weird a weird place for them to assign in. So um, I remember the staff there were getting really stressed because they obviously made us queue up by like all the grand pianos um, and all that jazz. And I specifically remember, I remember about that day, the girls were two hours late um, <laughs> because, yeah, and the, and the man was like, oh, sorry, they're just looking around Harrods. And I was like, it's quite iconic, really, isn't it? Quite iconic. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, that sticks out for me. And then another time that sticks out was when um, the
2: girls did a... I don't
5: know if you remember, because it wasn't a big thing. When they did the eyelash signing...
2: Um, oh, I didn't even know they did yeah. an eyelash signing. I knew that they had the eyelashes out, but...
5: Yeah, so it was a weird thing. It was literally, it was towards the end, like when the girls were calming down, at like, the promise time. Um, and... I, I don't think they wanted it to be a big deal, because they literally announced the signing the morning of. So when I went, I found out from the, remember Girls Lab Media, like on mm-hmm. the forum, someone leaked. that The girls were doing something, but even when I went down to the Superdrug in the morning, the signs were all covered up. So, I think they wanted to, so really it was, it was so nice, because
2: it was such an intimate signing, because right. there, was, there was anybody there. Yeah.
5: Um, so yeah, that was another question sign especially because it was at the end as
2: well when they were like huge. Wow. So that was really, really something that they did for the fans, for the for the diehards. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about the girls' output. I would love to know what you think your favourite song is, but also what your favourite single is. Okay. So my
5: favourite, we'll start with single. My favourite single, I think, I don't know if you are the same. Over the years, it kind of like, not changes, but other songs leap up there and some songs fall down. Yeah. But my my favourite my favourite two songs that always have been at the top is something kind of ooh and and um, call the shots. Amazing I just think they're two very special so they're my two favourite singles and
2: then album track or like track in general would have to be Girl Overboard. Oh excellent yes. choices. Excellent choices. Yeah. Tangled Up, pretty important album I've noticed for a lot of people. We've spoken about it with quite a few people for this and it keeps coming back to the idea of Tangled Up being like the supreme or close to it. Do you see it as like their greatest album or do you have another choice?
5: No, I've always thought it's their best album and it's hard to pinpoint why because like in terms of album covering that it's probably one of their worst. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I always forget about that purple cover because the only one I ended up buying was the the deluxe one with their faces on it, the special one with a nice spine. And I always forget that that, because I saw that purple cover and I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not buying that. I want the one with them on the cover. Yeah, I don't
5: know, do you you feel like they did that to try and sell more copies if people didn't see the girls on the cover? I don't understand what the choice was
2: with that i think from what i remember reading back on the pop justice forums back in the day was that they did it to sort of market it to that indie core rock group that were sort of kind of getting into the girls but maybe were too embarrassed to buy a cd with girls on the cover like it's it was a pretty stupid idea i think and it's sad that their best album has that cover, but hopefully when yeah. they press it on vinyl, we get the uh, deluxe version. <laughs> oh,
5: hopefully. Yeah, yeah apart, from, apart from the cover, it's like, I think it's such an iconic body of work. It's got that dance pop um, element, and I feel like it's their one album that's like unapologetically just great pop.
2: Mm-hmm. Super cohesive as well, and feels, every song feels like it belongs with the one before it. I also feel like the
5: Tangled Up era as an era was very strong in terms of like the um the looks and Mm -hmm. the single covers and everything was just really well thought out and really clever
2: yeah, definitely, definitely. The video clips were all gorgeous, the front covers and all the photo shoots were just really, really stylized very, very nicely. So it's understandable why it's such a huge favorite among the fans. I guess my next point of question is to ask what your favorite tour over the years has been. Um,
5: my favorite tour, again, I know a lot of people have said this, have has to be the Tangled Up tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I think costume-wise, set list-wise, obviously that, Absolutely iconic entrance.
2: Oh. That
5: um, best entrance to any tour
2: ever. Still Agreed. Agreed.
5: And um, so yeah, I think that tour, and that tour also, the girls seemed the most solid, like, as a pack. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, I love the Tangled Up Tour. but I would say that one. And also, I would say, and I know you mentioned it from the last pod, the first greatest hits tour, because it's not anywhere.
2: Right. It's kind of got, like,
5: between the fan base, I think it's kind of got, like, a special
2: place because it's not out there anywhere that makes mm-hmm. any sense yeah talk to me a bit about that tour because like you said there's nothing really anywhere about it i mean i've only seen very very small like very bad quality youtube clips of it over the years what was it like being at that tour and can you tell us anything about it that maybe we wouldn't know um, it was such
5: a good talk because at the time it was like the first time you had all the hits in one place like on a tour, um, and it was obviously because it was their second arena tour. It was like they'd learned from chemistry, mm-hmm. and then it was um, a bit of a step up. And they kind of like it was quite a funny tour. Like, for example, when they did the show, um, they were on beds, they were in beds on stage, oh and then they ripped off they ripped off the covers, and there was men in the beds. So like, it was quite cheeky. It was uh, quite, um, nice. <laughs> um, and then obviously they do. It does get a reference because the girls always comment about when they came down on the lift, don't they? And it broke. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Like people remember that. And, and then there was another. There was another memory, but I, someone will probably correct me. I can't remember the song. I think it was Love Machine, where Cheryl did this thing where she walked to one side, had a drink, and then she burst. I can't remember the song, but I think it was Love Machine. So yeah, that was a great tour as well.
2: Which leads us into the 10 era. How excited were you when that press conference went ahead and it was announced that they were coming back?
5: Oh my God, so excited Because you know, like, the months before you hear rumblings, don't you, of like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But you yeah. always think, I think because, because they told us it was only going to be a year, we started to think, is it going to happen again? Like, right. blah, blah, blah. So then when we got that little the thing of them just walking, and then they turned around all that. Um, and it was, I was just so excited, because it was just so nice to see the girls back together, and they also seemed really, like, solid. Because, mm. obviously, we'd had all the rumours of them not getting along, but they just seemed really, like, solid and all wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was so excited about the whole ten year, and I think they played it really well. Like, they did what they needed to do, and then they left again. Mm. Yeah, I loved it.
2: One of the questions that... Or one of the topics that gets brought up quite a lot with people in regards to the ten era is the choice of singles. Obviously, a lot of people have an issue with the last single that was released under the girl's name. I am one of them. <laughs> if you had your way during that era, would it have been every now and then on the metro that you would have picked as their last single?
5: I would have one hundred percent. I would have kept something new where it was, mm-hmm. and then I would have released on the metro as a second book. The thing is, like, I'm with you about beautiful because you love me. And when I listen to it now, I'm like, it's a very beautiful song. It just isn't a girls allowed song. No. Like it's a great song. It's not a bad song, but it's not a girl and it's also not only is it not a girls allowed song, it's not a girls allowed single. Um so I would have I would have gone with on the metro and also it would have made them go out with more of a bang.
2: Right. Um yeah. On a, on a high. Girls Aloud were always so powerful and very like inspirational with their cheekiness and everything like that. And it reminded me of when Destiny's Child came off the back of Independent Women and released Cater to You. It was just very lyrically very very similar like these girls have gone from you know being powerful girls to a song that says i'm beautiful because you love me it just felt like a bit of a step down from the ethos of what girls allowed were at the core which i think is probably why nadine had such a problem with the song and only appears in it with her my baby my baby my babies do you feel like because they were winding down with the tour and stuff
5: do you feel like they did that because it was an easy option, because they didn't have to worry about dance routines, and do you feel
2: like it could be partly that? Maybe, but I, I and I do think that they probably thought it was still gonna chart and everything as well, but I think that coming off the back of something as fierce as something new, they had to follow that up with something that was either as fierce or a ballad that was better than any of their other ballads. And unfortunately, it was not. And unfortunately, it ta- it kind of taints their legacy a little bit towards the end, just because that is technically the last single, it's the last charting song in their back catalogue, and it didn't chart very well, and it didn't get that well of a reception from the fans either. So, I don't know. I think it might have that might have been the plan, but it might have backfired. <laughs> yeah, I, I think
5: you could be correct, Deb. I also did like talking about... Ten era in general, I quite like the idea that they did the tour in like order of release. I've mm. never seen someone do that before. And right. I feel like that quite worked. Um, yeah, I feel like that was a big thing about the ten tour.
2: The girls have had quite colourful solo careers. I'm assuming that you followed those as well. Yes, I have till now yeah 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 so uh do you have memories or things that stick out for you in their careers as a solo artists that come to the top of your head
5: uh yes and one i would say is when we went to nicola at GAY when she had the long ponytail mm-hmm. for, um, cinderella pie and uh, that was a great night to see her like you could tell she was involved in the creatives mm-hmm. and it was um Yeah, and then and when I was there watching, I think God, if she could just do like a little theatre tour, it would be um, amazing. So yeah, that sticks out for me. And then also, I would say, um, what else would I say? Seeing Kimberly in Shrek went quite a few times to see Kimberly in Shrek the Musical, and it was really nice to see Kimberly like feel at home. Do you know what I mean? Like that's where that's where she's really happy and stuff. And that sticks out. And obviously, my favourite member is always been Nadine so um yes seeing Nadine every, every single pride going um has been great and also a memory of Nadine is like meeting Nadine quite a few times she's always so lovely um oh, so it's nice for someone still 20 years later being that humble and have that much time for people so that always sticks out for me yeah
2: uh patron saint Nadine who I just yeah. I adore her she's amazing What's your favourite song from Cinderella's Eyes?
5: Oh, my favourite song from Cinderella's Eyes is. I've got two, I think. Oh. I would say Gladiators just yes. because of how bad it is and how unapologetic it is. Um, and then my other one, I would say, is. Do you know what? I think I would say Beat of My Drum.
2: Yeah.
5: Um, I know it was a. I know it was a single, but like. The fact that that was released as a first single it is quite out there. So, yeah, I think that song is a masterpiece for a record. But the whole album, there's not one bad song on that album.
2: Right. I guess Insatiable gets a lot of flack, but it's one of my favourite albums. I think that Runnin' is a genius song and could have been a single, maybe should have been a single. Do you have any particular favourites from Insatiable that you like straight away go to when you listen to the album?
5: yes i'm with you there it's such an underrated album um my favorite part like you said running yes. and i also love rumors yes um, so i feel like it shows off uh, vocally quite strong and then also on there i really love raw um yeah i thought like that's another really powerful message mm-hmm. song and um, and i wish i know that apparently put your hands up with rumors to be a second single wasn't it from um, yeah. Insatiable. And I kind of wish that she had tried a bit more. She kind of just gave up on it. And I think, I know it didn't do very well, but it could have done a bit
2: better if they'd have
5: maybe done two or three more singles. Right. Um, so yeah, I love that album.
2: Yeah, yeah, I love that album. It's a fantastic album another one that i'd like to see one day pressed on vinyl but i don't think that'll happen but who knows who knows we've we've made (laughs) uh we've gotten crazy some amazing albums pressed on vinyl that we never thought that we would in the last few years so maybe it's a thing that'll happen do you
1: think
5: we'll get do you think we'll get more girls allowed stuff now they've got the website do you think we'll get more stuff in the future there
2: yeah i i think that because originally i thought that we would we might get the albums for the 20th pressed on vinyl but I'm thinking maybe they're going to do all the singles first. Um, And maybe, I mean, I would love that singles box to come in like a large, you know, record box. That would be fucking amazing. But if that's the case, then I think it'll be a while before we get the albums, which is probably good in the sense that I don't think the girls are ready to sit down and go, okay, well, we want to put this extra track on the CD and this extra remix on the CD that that would, definitely be something that would probably still be a bit too raw for them now so if they need a couple of years to do reissues and the vinyl presses of the album I totally understand but I think we are going to start getting some more seven inch singles hopefully some 12 inch singles but um definitely I think that's on the way so fingers crossed (laughs) before I do wrap up and let you go my darling I want to say first of all you have been one of the loudest and most supportive people from the very start of the podcast and I wanted to thank you personally just for all of your support and promotion and how much faith you have in what I do here every month it means the absolute world to me and you as a listener of the podcast mean the absolute world to me as well so thank you very much Danny no thank
5: you it's, it was I was so excited because we've never had like a girls and you see so many like Spice Girl podcasts, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it was nice to finally have one about the girls. And also it's so nice that it's a podcast that like celebrates and absolutely loves the girls. But also it's a very honest and gives people a platform to talk honestly about the girls as well. So thank you for creating this magical place for us Girls allowed fans.
2: Oh, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to do it and share it with you all. So yeah, it really means a lot. Well, before I do let you go, though, did you want to tell the lovely people listening at home where they can find you online?
5: Yes, so on Instagram and Twitter it is Mr Danny Luca, um, and yeah, the only two platforms I really use.
2: Yeah. Danny, thank you, thank you again so so much. It has been a blast talking about the girls with you, and I'm sure it will happen again very soon. Yes, thank you very much. Have a lovely day. Please welcome on to the podcast, Fiona. So, Fiona, I believe that you went to the Race for Life event for Sarah. Can you tell us about your day at that event?
0: Yes, um It was the fr- first time I um, I saw Hyde Park for the first time, and actually, um, 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 I, I didn't expect um, to see a, um, a lot, a lot of um, um, people um, crowding around the stage, and then. Um, when I when I saw um, at least uh, three members of Girls' Store, I uh, lost my nerves. I, f- I felt really giddy. But since there's like a lot of people, it wasn't easy trying to take pictures of them on 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 the stage. When 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 the race started, um, um, I decided to um, walk to try and get fo- photos with the members, and and then once w- once I um, man- managed to get the autographs, um, I. I immediately immediately uh, sped off it wasn't it wasn't easy uh, running so I did a bit of um, walking running jogging by the by the time I, I crossed the finish finish line um I was absolutely uh, shattered so I took took break for a while but did um Managed to get um, another photo and autograph from Nadine. Um, but I was a little disappointed that I didn't manage to get an autograph from Cheryl um, and 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 Nicola. I'm
2: sure they were signing lots and lots of autographs that day and taking lots and lots of photos. So when did you become a fan of Girls Aloud?
0: Way back in the 2000s. Um, yeah, that was like... Um, when 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 I was um, attending high school,
2: I suppose my next question to ask you is what your favourite Girls Aloud single is.
0: Single? Oh, sorry. Uh, I do have a I do have a handful. I, I do have a handful. Let's
2: see. Um,
0: I will stand by you. Biology. I can't speak French. Walk this way.
2: And what about what's mm. your favourite tour then?
0: I've only I've only been to one, which is uh, the 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 ten tour it's it's a toss-up between uh, um, the tango tour and out of control i like when they visited the shanghai
2: oh during off the record yes yes
0: yeah i haven't even been there yet
2: Uh, oh really
0: (laughs) yeah i've only been to hong kong and beijing that's it
2: Right, right. Well, hopefully you'll get to go there very, very soon. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit hard at the moment with the way the world is, isn't it?
0: <laughs> not to mention, you know, how expensive it is to travel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And not to mention the building up the course to travel by myself. Because I've only travelled with my family. I never, I never travelled out of the country by myself.
2: Right. Did you have like a show or anything like that that you wanted to plug at the end?
0: I do. I do have um, a podcast.
2: Right, right. Tell but me more about your podcast.
0: It's called The uh, Platform of Paradiso, which is uh, dedicated to all things uh, um, um, platform video games, which, whether they are 2D, 2.5D, 3D, nice. or in- indie platform of video games
2: what can you tell where can you tell our listeners is the best place to find you online if they'd like to follow you or learn more about the podcast
0: and pastel underscore uh, pixels um on twitter and and um x um pastel underscore pixels x on instagram
2: Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me on You Can't Mistake Their Anthology's very special fan 20th anniversary special. Bye. Bye. Well, and that's that, folks. I'll be taking January off from the podcast, but we'll be returning on February the 6th with not one, but two episodes, and they're both album episodes. Yes, celebrating Tangled Up with special returning guest Ryan and Out of Control with special returning guest Joe. At Allowed Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. For more information on all things podcast related, though, including some Allowed Podcast merchandise, and there will be more coming in the new year please visit www.therecorddoctor.com. But uh, look, until Tangled Control in a month's time, this is Adam Eve signing off for 2022. Hope you all have an amazing holiday season and had an incredible Christmas. And I'm wishing each and every one of you the most iconic new year. May 2023 be all of our biggest and brightest yet. And look, thank you all again so, so bloody much from the bottom of my heart for your continued support of the podcast, especially in this, its first year. Seeing the podcast make so many of your Spotify wraps last month really brought the biggest smile to my face. And I must have been, in some cases, a bit of a teary. <laughs> I honestly cannot thank you all enough. It just means everything. Truly, truly everything. So, All my love to every single one of you. And until 2023, bye.
5: This is You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, a girls-allowed commentary podcast from The Record Doctor with your host, Adam Eve.